welcome. You've got mail. Hey folks, we have made it to a 70th episode of Tech Stream. I'm Seth Everett. He is Shelly Palmer. We uh, sound crisper than ever. Crisp. And uh, how about that? 70. What? What's a bigger number? 70 or 75? Should we just postpone all this till five weeks from now? <laughs> uh, 70 is a good number, Seth. 70 is a good number. Okay. Um, I uh, I had a little fight this weekend. Yeah? I had a fight with one of your old uh, uh, romances, TikTok. Really? Oh, current romance, really? I mean, yeah. What'd you do? What 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 did TikTok so, do to you? Or more importantly, what did you do to TikTok, Seth? So, so just to give a little context, um, I have these other podcasts. You know, if anybody ever wants to listen to me jabber on about other subjects, I do a podcast called Sports with Friends. Comes it's out on Wednesdays, podcast, by the way. Um, and thank you. And I also do a podcast called The Hall of Justice, which is in the superhero sci-fi genre. Mm -hmm. And what I have taken to be doing over the summer, my summer project has been making teaser videos with about two minutes uh, of content from the podcast. And they've been going on TikTok. Sounds good. Now, the idea of doing that is because the TikTok algorithm, which I learned from doing podcasts with you, is that on that For You page, there is a great opportunity, if I do the right hashtags, that anybody, for example, for Hall of Justice, anybody who's a superhero fan, a DC Comics fan, a Marvel Comics fan, a Star Wars fan, is going to see that they don't have to follow me. Whereas on Twitter, the people that are going to see these podcasts and these videos are just people who follow me already, pretty good chance by now they know that i have these podcasts see mm -hmm. the logic uh, yes i do actually okay now on youtube underdog the platform that uh hosts our podcast tech stream they have a youtube channel mm -hmm. so so the folks at underdog asked me they said well in in that case if you're going to make these teaser videos can you make like a six minute one and we'll put it on our youtube channel to help you know get you some more download the whole idea is to increase the audiences of these shows. So I did that. Now, I have had fights with YouTube. I will get into the context of the fights with YouTube because I'll give you a teaser. I used to work with Prince. Prince gave me music to play on a show that had to use YouTube, and YouTube flagged it. Mm -hmm. Prince gave me the music. Okay. So... We're, we're mulling along. I've done probably six or seven of these videos. And last week, I had a fantastic actor and comedian, a gentleman by the name of Steve Agee. He used to yeah. work with Sarah Silverman. Uh, he's been on Peacemaker. Uh, that's That that was the, the hook to, to have him on. Great guy. And I made a video. And what I've used for the video, I'm going to play you the video. Great Hall of Justice. James usually, with the actors in his projects, doesn't show you anything until it comes out. Um, so yeah, I didn't he really. He doesn't call you into you no. know, his trailer to see dailies or whatever. No, he showed me the opening dance number as they were cutting it, like during the season, and I was like, 
Yeah, I, do. I do have to ask that. I was like, this is nuts. <laughs> totally paid off. And, um, but I didn't, as far as the episodes, I, I was pretty much watching them all, you know, as a regular audience member. I thought about what I wanted to ask about regarding that opening uh, number. Mm-hmm. And that is, did the people filming it, whether it was James or whomever, did they just say have a very serious face <laughs> yes. at all times? Like, yeah. take this really seriously because you guys look like you are trying really hard. That was the only th- that was pretty much the only thing that would. Like nobody s- cracks a smile. No. And it was the one thing that would stop a take while we were right. shooting. He, he James would say, cut. Danielle, you got to stop smiling. <laughs> He's like, just, you don't have to look mad. He's like, just don't smile. Just emotionless. That was really the one note. That and know your dance moves. That was bonkers. <laughs> I know, it was so insane. I, I remember getting, I got most of the scripts all at the same time in like December. And I read the first episode and you read the cold open and then it, says you know opening dance number and i was like what What? and i texted him and i was like so this this opening dance it's like the whole series every episode and he's like yeah he's like it's gonna be great trust me that video that template for that video has been used six times before. Yep, I know where this is going. I got a copyright claim. Yeah, on on Greatest American Hero, right? Well, they 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 muted the Hall of Justice, the Super Friends theme, but it's TikTok. Mm-hmm. Here's my argument: If yeah. I turn on TikTok right now, what am I going to see? Oh, wait a second, Seth. I'm sorry. TikTok flagged this, not YouTube. T- that's my point. I know the fight with YouTube. For copyright? That's my point. Okay. I'm on TikTok now. This is a uh, clip from Supergirl, the television show. How does she manage to break through Argo's shield interference? Not well, apparently. Cal, Lois, Argo is in danger. You need to get out now. Guarantee you it's copyright violation. Let's go... This is Star Wars. Luke, you do not yet realize your importance. You have only begun to discover your power. Mm-hmm. Telling me I can't have seven seconds of some guy going up Ted Knight, the iconic Ted Knight going. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. You know, you should just do that yourself because it's such I a really, it's so much easier. <laughs> so did you contact our friends at TikTok? Well, it just happened. So I come to you. My my point of TikTok is the reason why I'm bringing this up is you bringing this up. So TikTok's whole thing is other people's content. You know, yeah. Lizzo, the Lizzo song, you know, about damn time. And in a minute, I'm, you know, that whole thing. That's her song. That's her song. Yeah, no, there's plenty of mashups. There's plenty of there's plenty of of. Plenty of music on TikTok, and it is all publicly performed. Some of it is mashed up, and and none of it's fair use. All of it is public performance, so Thank they you. they do pay a royalty for it. Now, the difference 
between taking a Lizzo song off of a download and mashing it up or using it straight, the difference between doing that and what you've just done is actually a copy, a, a pretty profound copyright difference. The Hall of Justice and Greatest American, Greatest American Hero is gray area. Hall of Justice is not. Hall of Justice is not probably not a published song. In the in the uh, no, it's the super it's the super friends theme in the techno, but in the technical sense of publishing, meaning that it was most likely licensed to super friends, and the sync license was exclusive to super friends, and it is considered copyrighted. That is my uh, and 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 not not a public work, meaning that they cannot pay a public performance for it to anyone but them. Um, which is fine, but if anyone performs this without a sync license, it is in violation of the copyright law. Whereas when you have a, a song, and Greatest American Hero was a pop song as well as sure. the theme for the Greatest American Hero TV show. So that would fall into a gray area because once it was turned into a three-minute song that you played on the radio, that was considered published. Which means, so for example, Seth. But but there, but but I got the 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 Super Friends theme song. I didn't pirate it off of HBO Max. I I bought that song off iTunes. No, but that doesn't that doesn't. Uh, it was published as a CD. Like there's a DC Comics no, greatest that hits. Doesn't, that CD. does not confer rights in any way for usage. That simply is fair use for your home, and you're using it commercially. And this is a pretty interesting issue with copyright. So let's say that I wanted to make an album, like in the old days. And I'm a jazz player and I want to make an album. And I decide that Greatest American Hero would be awesome as a jazz cover. Oh, right? yeah. I'm making this up now, right? I don't have to ask anybody anything. I can go in the studio today. And because this song is with the NMPA, uh, National Music Publishers Association, because I, I can grab a what's known as a statutory license instantly. And what will happen is I've I've let the publisher know that I'm covering this tune and the publisher is doesn't care because a it's a it's a work out out there that has been published and they will receive performance royalties now public performance on the radio or in a venue so in a, any place that's covered by blanket license or per program if however someone wanted to take my jazz version of greatest american hero and sync it with video, a sync license would need to be purchased from the original publisher of the work, from the original copyright owner, pop, you know, the, the, the composer, author, publisher of the work. Now, the Hall of Justice may never, in fact, I know for a fact, was not ever made into a uh, published work. And I just looked it up here. You need to buy a sync license and you'd need to prove to TikTok you have the rights to synchronize that with video. Playing it is one thing in your home. You buy a CD, that doesn't mean a thing. That CD is covered by what's known as fair use. You can play that in your home all day long. And in fact, you can sell the CD if you want to to anybody like at a swap meet or on eBay or whatever. You could sell it. But what well, you can't you know do, that I spend my afternoons at the swap meet. I understand. But what you can't do is you cannot take that song, duplicate it onto a million CDs or put it up on your version of, of Understood. Uh, Spotify uh, or whatever uh, and sell it for download or Apple Music and sell it as a download. That I, that I understand. That because I that understand. would be in violation of the copyright. So, so these are two different classes of song. One is a published work and one is technically an unpublished work. And you know how I know this? You ever hear the news theme? Okay, I wrote a long time ago. Yep. 
That's not a published work. It's licensed to, I don't know how many TV stations. Now it's licensed to Warner Brothers, my, my licensing agent. But in the old days, we licensed it directly. It was a big business for us. And the you you can't you can't use that without paying me through Warner Brothers because the only through Warner. But, but if somebody took, see, I, I, I'm not disputing. Yeah, you can anything play it all day long. Saying. You just can't you can't sync it with a video, right? That's the it's the sync. But the life. thing with TikTok, you know, if I type in Super Friends mm-hmm. on TikTok, yeah, I can see the theme that I used. Yeah, in, no, no, a, I'm not in the open, like, no, they're probably not applying it consistently. That's because, what my problem yeah, is. Yeah, they probably aren't. Of course not. I because first of all, how we're governing these things is it's literally seven seconds. I, like I went into audition. Well, and the, the time, the time doesn't matter. If it's recognizable. The question, the, the standard. But that, that's the problem. It's auto recognizable. This is why I referenced the Prince thing. This was seven, eight, nine years ago. And YouTube heard Prince and they just flagged it, yeah. even though it was actual Prince giving it to us. Well, they wouldn't know that unless you I don't even know if YouTube has a mechanism by where where you can let YouTube know that okay. the, you I have, have the rights to this. Like, you, I, know, I, I, you know what? I have never tried to add music that I didn't personally write or um I, I just haven't done that in a YouTube. Video. Right. But if you were right. on YouTube and you use one of your themes couldn't it get flagged how does youtube know that you wrote it i i don't know actually they would have no way of knowing not unless i i really have to go and research this i don't youtube i understand that see youtube i i understand tiktok is a fraud tiktok is the epitome of not using fair use um well seven seconds of some guy saying meanwhile at the hall of justice is not hurting anyone no, no, no. Actually, I, I will push and back. It let, and they let it slide six other times. No, no. The letting it slide is bothersome. But I'll tell you who's getting hurt. The guy that I don't know the guy, but I know exactly what his life has been like. The guy that wrote the Hall of Justice theme. Mm-hmm. It's the guy who sits home and the way he makes a living and feeds his family, puts a roof over his head, is writing music and creating music. Mm-hmm. And when someone, TikTok, not you, when TikTok uses it for commercial purposes to enrich themselves and their shareholders, he is entitled to be compensated because part of the experience of TikTok is the use of that music. Now, that music in this case is any music that has been used on TikTok sync with videos, and they should be responsible to ASCAP, BMI, and the other public performance uh, royalty societies for covering the composers, authors, and publishers. And on top of that, there should be some kind of deal made for sync rights because all of TikTok is video. Now, this I know has not happened. They don't uh, apply it across the board in any equitable way. And it's terrible for, you know, the, it's one thing when you say, well, you know, Prince, may he rest in peace, doesn't need the money or Taylor Swift doesn't need the money. But the average, you know, one hit wonder or a couple of like getting, you know, sure. three, four songs sure. on there that are big that people want to use or even one, to be fair, is amazing. Um, and I'm kind of uh, if you go to the bottom, the footer of ShellyPalmer.com, there's my music production highlights. Real is there. Mm-hmm. I've seen and it, yeah. you, there's a lot of stuff there that people tend to mash up little snippets, not whole songs, little snippets. They tend to mash up and put into other songs and you'll see it on tiktok all the time or youtube and because it's mashed up i don't get paid for it i should but there's no mechanism unless 
I find it, then I have to report it to ASCAP or TikTok. And then the question is, do I really like a lot of this stuff is done by, you know, somebody used it at a birthday party or someone used it as a home. Like, why would I, I don't want to torture people that way. That's not the purpose, but TikTok on balance, let's say that Hall of Justice theme is used. I'm going to make this up a million times, Mm -hmm. Uh, um, you know, a million views, two million views. And that theme music is enhancing the quality and enjoyment of the people on TikTok and it's creating this environment on TikTok. Why shouldn't the guy who wrote it get a little bit of money for for helping? TikTok is selling ads. It's a commercial business. And yeah, that it's, I don't know. It, it's not, it shouldn't be free because otherwise you can't make a living writing music. And that's not, I'm completely agreeing. What I'm saying is, I want TikTok to be consistent. If I go on TikTok, yeah. like I did before, mm-hmm. and I watch bootleg videos of Supergirl and, and Knight Rider, and I can see all these things, and you took seven seconds of an interview that I did? Mm-hmm. Because the takeaway from that video is not the music. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, Seth, this is going to get a lot more interesting over the next couple of years because we've got AI models that can listen in ways that humans can't. And it's fascinating to me. There are two things I've seen in the last couple of months that really, really got my attention. One was the ability that the super high sonic quality of some of the deconstructing tools, you know, there's this uh, kind of old adage. It's like people always talk about entropy and they take uh, blue, uh, liquid and red liquid and they pour it into a glass of water and they said you know this is blue this is red now it's purple you you can easily mix red and blue to make purple but you can't un unmix the purple liquid now right it's mixed it's purple and uh but musically you can ai can now deconstruct into separate tracks bass drums uh put the drums on separate tracks snare drum hi-hat cymbals tom-toms uh, piano, vocals. It is amazing how uh, AI is capable of deconstructing fully mixed pieces of music now. But more importantly, what used to, you used to have to fingerprint something to digitally rights manage it. You used to have to add some code that could be read by either audible uh, tools or inaudible tools. One way or the other, you needed to encode in order to manage digital rights. Now, an AI model can be trained to listen and know the song. Like even know it's happy birthday, like in 12 different versions, like a country version and a reggae version, it'll recognize the melody and understand the copyrighted part, no, both the form PA, the performing arts part, as well as the musical part, the, the, the melody part that is actually copyrighted. Now uh, we are just a few, I think, few years away from the enforcement of, of copyright by AI. And I think that's going to change all of this pretty dramatically. And I think it'll be a great day for the composers and the sure. publishers uh, and the producers too. I mean, this is going to be a, a wonderful, that'll be a wonderful time when you can be paid for your music based on its usage. And, you know, but it's uh, because right now the, it, it's such a broken system and so much falls through the cracks. And believe me, I'm not sad that more people enjoy music today than ever before. I am sad though that no, everyone the, the artists don't get paid, and Spotify pays a third of a penny, and it, it's 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 brutal. Well, it's, no, it's, it's just you know somehow somewhere we we over the last couple decades decided music should be free as a society, and as a well, musician, Napster Napster started that. 
But as a musician and a composer and a producer, and this is how I made my living for the first 40 years of my life full time, I wrote music for television. That's all I did. And the idea that music should be free is not great for me uh, as a, you know, as a head of household who's trying to earn a living. Um, you know, I do other things uh, now, and that's not why I stopped in the business. I, I was a high earner at ASCAP and still am, and the music business has been very good to me. But that's the, the point is that young musicians everywhere should be able to go in the music business. Young composers everywhere should be able to go into the music business with, with an expectation of making a living if they're good. And, and right now, that's not true. And and it needs to be true in order to promote the idea that uh, that it's a great career because it is a great career. The ability to spend your day. I mean, I don't think I I could have been luckier as a as a kid or as a young adult getting in the music business and and getting paid to write music every day and seeing it on the air and seeing it uh, applied to videos and commercials and and helping people sell product and helping people tell stories. Like that was really really fun. And it was also, it also paid extremely well. I don't know if a kid coming up today would experience the same uh, opportunities that I had back then. It was much more restrictive back then when the tech wasn't available. Music wasn't free and couldn't be. But for the last 20 years, music, pretty much people think it should be free. Not fun. Not not fun for the people who make it. There's, uh, there's two points to that. Uh, number one, uh, I remember this very uh, informative interview that Jay Leno did with Prince uh, back in the mid 2000s. Uh, oh, no, no. Uh, the, the early 2000s when Napster uh, had come on and mm -hmm. Jay Leno made a very educated point And he said, you know, it seems like the artists are getting uh, ripped off. You know, when people are illegally downloading, you know, just they're just downloading people's art without paying for it. Yeah. You know, it seems like the artists are getting ripped off. And Prince had a great reply. He said, well, actually, the artists weren't getting paid anyway. It was the record companies that are right. getting ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, in that case, in the case of the reason, I mean, this is too deep in the weeds. The reason that I ended up spending all of my time in the commercial music business, meaning music for television, music for radio, yeah, yeah. TV show themes and, and commercials, is because you always got paid. Like there was always a budget in a... Right, in a you didn't have an album music. that just uh, then disappeared and, and, so, and, yeah, and, some, and went in. Some some recorded music company says, "Okay, we're going to give you an advance of ten grand, and then you never see another nickel." Right. They're making no matter how many times that song that. gets played. Yeah. I, I, absolutely. I, so, no, I I hope that you understand. I am all for artists' rights, and that's the the argument. When I spent a weekend, and I've talked about it on this podcast, the weekend that the Spider Man movie came out with uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, mm -hmm. and I, I and I liked one video about Spider Man. Yeah. And I saw virtually the entire movie on TikTok that weekend. Yeah, it was Pete, and it was little kids taking their iPhones and holding them up to the screen and yeah. shaky holding the video. But I knew that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were in it before I saw that movie because of TikTok. Yeah, TikTok is the epitome of stolen shit. You oh, took my five, seven seconds uh, of my thing for an interview that I did that I'm trying to promote. By the way, Seth. Be consistent. Be you, you Show me the copyright claims on all those other people. So at the Syracuse, or I should say at the Newhouse School Advanced Media Lab event series, we had a freedom of speech event a couple weeks ago. Yes, you did. And one of our guests was Mike Frickless, who is now the general counsel at Advanced uh, Media, which is the Newhouse 
not the school, but uh, you know, Condé Nast and all those guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, prior to that, he was general counsel at Viacom, and as uh -huh. you remember, they had a storied lawsuit with YouTube. Why? Because when YouTube started, what was YouTube? It? Not YouTube. No, YouTube was. John Stewart, Daily Show Clips, and South Park Clips. That was the entire service. You would go to YouTube to watch clips illegally posted because Viacom was making no money. John Stewart was making no money. The guys at South Park were making no money. YouTube was, and they weren't selling ads at the time, but they were. They had no permission to do it. And the entire service was built on the backs of other people's content. It wasn't just Viacom. It was lots of others. Famously, that lawsuit was uh, won by YouTube and Google, not by the content creators. And that set everybody back a little bit. This is a fascinating area that I think is getting ready to um, fall down on the side of the creators. And a lot of this creator economy stuff that you and I talk about, you know, the driving of the NFTs and crypto business. Uh, certainly the all of the musicians who are trying to figure out different ways to get around the recorded music companies. This is all based on what you're talking about. It's like they're just, they are not getting money. So I don't really, I don't think we need to have a telethon for Sony Music or Universal Music Group or any of those guys. I think they're, they're doing just fine, but the artists are still not being paid as fairly as they should. And um, while I'm sorry, TikTok is not applying uh, their restrictions fairly, I hope you will write to them and say, hey, if you're going to knock my hall of justice out, let's go. You know, yeah, we, bring, them all, bring them all down. Doing it, do it everywhere. Bring, bring them, them all down. Bring all those bikini clad ladies that I'm not supposed to be looking at. I'd also like to know, Seth, and I mean, maybe we could do this and report on another edition of TechStream. It'd be fascinating to know if we were to reach out to the copyright holders of Hall who, of Justice. Who, yeah. Which, by the way, would take one second to do, and they would immediately give you a gratis. That'd be or, interesting. Yeah. Give me 10 bucks and I'll let you use it in your yeah, TikTok. Yeah. I'm not going to care. They'd probably like the promo and they'd like the public performance. So they're going to easily give you the sync. The question is, because remember, they get public performance money off of TikTok, off the blankets. So they, they'd just as soon have it out there for a very low sync fee. How would you even tell TikTok you had the legit right to do it? Well, the, the interesting thing, I, you know, I've, I've talked about copyright with the Hall of Justice podcast a lot because when I started it, it was a podcast that I was, you know, I had 12 listeners. And, you know, for the first four months, it had 12 listeners. And I named it the Hall of Justice, not because I was a DC fan. I, the slogan is, if you're old enough to know what the Hall of Justice is, you're our demographic. That was the idea. <laughs> and it was, it, was, it was the way to best name a podcast that could be for grownups. It was for adults. Mm -hmm. And when Zack Snyder came on in 2016 and said some defamatory things about Superman, it's episode 28 of the podcast, it got over a half a million listens and now the thing averages you know in the fifty thousand range and dc follows me on twitter the editor-in-chief of D dc comics jeff johns and jim lee they retweet the podcast warner brothers retweets the podcast when i do one of their guests yeah, they know great. the name and i have a logo i have logo art because when i when the podcast got bigger I thought it was going to be a cease and desist from Warner Brothers. Like Warner Brothers, we own that. Like you can't have a podcast called the Hall of Justice. So I was going to call it the podcast formerly known as the Hall of Justice. But? <laughs> but they never did. 
Right. And and by the way, Seth, my suspicion is they they, they won't. Um, th this is a gray area in some cases. It's cut and dried in others. The burden is always on the copyright holder to go in and call out the abuse and then get it remedied when you know cease and desist letters get sent it's it's not a great system it's a system that is born of a technology from a century ago mm -hmm. and it's now this century and it's time to start applying you know this century's tools and i think people will um there's a lot of money being left on the table in many ways i always wondered technically if you had a wedding at a uh, like one of those halls that rents itself out to be, you know, to do weddings, like right. a venue or a club, the club, like if you did it in a, in a nightclub or a big restaurant, that club or restaurant, if there's music playing in the background is paying a fee to ASCAP or BMI for the public performance of the mm. music, because music is the part of the ambiance of the venue. So when you would make a wedding montage and use music mm. from the your favorite albums and you play it in that venue right. paul anka's time of your life you remember the times of your life it's covered by their public performance royalties but the blanket but the sink is not and i always wondered why didn't itunes put a little button on every itunes download back in the day when you downloaded itunes stuff and let you just have um, limited personal use for an extra buck yeah. And, and give the publishers and the composers that sync money. Do you want to sync this to a video? And you know how Apple will take music and put it on a montage of, of stills for you and sort of make that montage. It's like, that's technically not a legal thing to do. You're syncing video with audio, but they, there was so many ways they could have helped remunerate the artists and the creators and they didn't. And it's like at a certain point as a as a composer, you sit back and say, wow, like all these people are making money. They're all in the value chain. And we at the very beginning of the value chain who create this stuff, we're the last people that get paid. It's like, geez, that's kind of terrible. Amazing. It's kind of terrible. Amazing. So, yeah, let's I mean, folks, don't steal music, please. Music shouldn't be free. Support your local creators. If there's a live band somewhere, go see them. I mean, it's like that's the only way to make music um, a, a good profession is if people are willing to to go and support it. See, I think it's the the TikTok interface. I think that what I could have done is done a raw video with no music and then added through TikTok their acceptable music. That definitely would have passed. That course. would have passed. And sure. if they had the same song, it would have sounded exactly the same. Correct. As long as they don't come for podcasts, because you well, see what I can do right here. I'm going to play this. This. Shot to the heart and you're too late, darling. You give love a bad name. And this. And no one can stop us. There you go. We'll see you next week for episode 71, which is not nearly as big as 70 or 75. We'll see. You.